Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back, and listen because we are about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, it has been a great week, and so it is time for our favorite time, the interviews. <laughs> you don't have to listen to Brittany and I talk this time. Yeah, we know you enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, but we have on here a very special guest. She is the OG follower, literally one of our first 10 followers we've ever had on our platform. So this is Alicia Mosa. And we are going to let her just dive in and introduce herself. Hi, I'm Alicia Mosa. I'm married to Jonathan Mosa. We've been married for eight years now. Been together 11. We have three kids, uh, two boys and a girl. The boys are older, so they're seven, five, and four. And I'm currently remote learning all three of them at the same time. So first grade, kindergarten, and pre-K. So it's kind of crazy over here. And um, my husband is an offensive quality control coach here at the university. And we're in Bozeman, Montana right now. That's awesome. I, I really want to ask about Montana because you are not from there. So kind of take us through this whole journey of how you got to Montana, because that's usually not your first, you know, location that you start at. We are originally from Seattle, Washington, so we both weren't born there, but we um, were raised there, and so our kids were actually all born there, so I know that's a shocker to most coaches' wives, but we actually kind of got married in college, so I was pregnant like my husband's senior year with our first, so we I've been in the football world for a while, but in the coaching world, this would have been our third season, but due to COVID, our season got pushed back a little bit. So we started our trek <laughs> in this coaching journey almost three years ago, I believe. Uh, my husband came to Montana first. We were first in Haver, Montana, which um, a lot of people probably don't know, but it's a tiny little town, northern Montana, almost to um, Canada. I think there's probably like 10,000 people there. Um, and he was coaching at the NAIA level. He was there for six months without us. So we were still in Seattle. So it was me and our three kiddos in Seattle. I mean, our whole family's there. So I did have a lot of help, but it was rough because our kids were, I think when he left, I think we had a one-year-old, a three-year-old and a four-year-old. And then when we decided to join him in July, we had a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and a four-year-old, which is really funny when you're flying, everybody's like staring, like, wow, you're, are they triplets? Like everybody was like trying to figure out like what is going on here. But yeah, we 
flew from Seattle to Great Falls, which is like small town, but it's bigger than Havert. And you have to fly there first and then drive like two hours to Havert. So then, yeah, so it took us a little bit. I mean, the flight is very short, but just the drive and everything. And then we were there. My husband was there for, I guess, technically a year, but just one season. And me and the kids, we were there only for 10 months. And then he got a job where we are now. And so he left and then I had to just like pack up everything with three toddlers, which is a little like, you know, I feel like it's an extreme sport because um, everything I was packing, they were unpacking. So I it was like packing the same thing over and over. We were there for 10 months. We came to Bozeman. We drove. It's like a five hour drive, I believe. The kids had fun. They loved it. And we've been here. We have a great neighborhood, great schools. And yeah, we love the school we're at and the, the coaches and the players and the coaches' wives. That's crazy. I feel like I have so many questions in my head for you. But <laughs> but first of all, my first question is traveling with three little ones. Like what are your what are your tricks for that? Because I swear I'm probably that person that's like jaw dropped, like staring at you, like, how are you making all of that work? So what are your like tips and tricks for any mamas out there that are gonna be traveling with little ones? So my mom and I went to the dollar store. Well, first we bought backpacks, like mini backpacks. So they each had their own backpack. We went to the dollar store and we literally filled up these backpacks with everything, but they couldn't see it. So it was a surprise. So kids, especially at a young age, if they don't see something, like if it's something new, then they're more, you know, they're interested in it a lot longer. So it holds their interest and they'll play with it because they're like, wow, look at all this. So we bought everything from mini dinosaurs to like mini men to books to coloring books we had all kinds of snacks a lot of people call me the snack queen because I have all the snacks all the time (laughs) and so we just like shoved their backpacks full of stuff and didn't give it to them until we were at the airport and they did great my son my oldest son touches everything so you know the TSA lines how they form and so he touched that all the way down and I'm like stop touching it stop touching it so when we get to TSA he like is flagged for like some craziness and so then they had to like instead of searching him because he was only four they had to search me so I was like great so then I had to like get them all over here wait for mommy don't go anywhere don't move (laughs) while mommy is like getting searched so that was an adventure but they did awesome on the airplane like when we got off everybody was like I can't believe you had three kids this young and none of them cried also suckers for takeoff and landing so when you take off we give them suckers and then when we land suckers because it helps with ear popping So yeah, that helped and also candy. So they're excited about that. But yeah, honestly, just pile stuff in a backpack that they've never seen before, but you'll know they'll love and it'll keep them entertained the entire time. 
Yeah, these are great tips. I literally, I kind of need it for myself, to be honest, when taking off flights, maybe a surprise (laughs) backpack that Carson can put together. But I think that, (laughs) but I think that that is just so wonderful, like those thoughts, because the ear popping, like all those sensitivities, those things that you don't really think about. But I do want to ask if there was a conversation that you and your husband had when he was like, okay, I kind of want to go from being that player to the coach. Well, so he was a player in college and then he went undrafted to uh, the Packers when I was pregnant. I was super pregnant. I was like seven months pregnant and um, he like had a tryout and then he made it onto the team. And so I was pregnant and then they had camp and all this stuff happened. And I had junior and 20, like 12 hours later, he had to report for camp. So like I had our first son and then he was like, I love you, peace out. <laughs> so he, yeah, he had to report for camp. And so I was like, okay. And um, luckily, you know, I had my family and his family. And so I just kind of leaned on them. He was there, I think the whole entire off season. And then he eventually got cut. And so he came home and he was with us and He was just kind of training and he had an agent. So things were kind of going back and forth with different teams. And so we had three kids in between the next signing and he was doing great, but he didn't make the actual team. And so then we were kind of just like, okay, what are we going to do next? So December came and we were like, okay, let's write down some goals that we have for this new year right before the end of the year one of his friends he was a GA when he was playing and now he was going to become a head coach at the school in Haver and he was like hey I might have this position for you you want to talk about it and we were like uh sure you know not really like thinking you know what I mean my husband's like okay well I've talked to my wife about it we need to pray about it and see how we feel and then I'll you know, let you know. And the guy was like, okay, great. And then like, we thought we had two weeks to think about it. Then he called back I think a couple days later. He's like, actually, I need an answer. It was actually kind of a good thing because I felt like the more we would have thought about it, we probably wouldn't have just because we've never even heard of it. It's a new career, like everything's new, but it kind of forced us to just step out in faith. And so we decided that he would go and then I would stay with the kids in Seattle. And so he left and we haven't stopped. Like I, <laughs> I feel like he left and we're just in this whole world. I mean, it was a new career, new state, new city. It was just a lot of new all at once. So I didn't really know. Like I thought I knew because I dated him in college. We were dating fiance, married in college. So I thought I knew everything, but the player world has nothing on the coaching world. I'm like so impressed by your coaches in college now, like, because my husband's schedule in college was crazy. He had, you know, late nights too and early mornings. So I'm just thinking about the coaches were even later and even earlier. And so it brought a whole new respect for the game. Honestly, I was just so impressed at the work that everybody you know put in that's so funny I was thinking about that too like what was your transition like but you put it perfectly you know you don't realize it in the moment because you're thinking oh my gosh you're doing so much as a player 
But then when you get into the coaching world, you're like, wow, I didn't even realize your coaches did that. I felt that way when I was a player. I had no idea what the coaches put into this. So that's crazy. But what was it like going from Seattle, a big city, to a small, small town? So it was definitely, I would say, culture shock, I guess you can use that. I mean, Seattle, I felt like like a million people in that city. And then there's so much diversity in Seattle. Seattle is also water and mountains and beautiful trees. I love everything about Seattle. There's just so much diversity. And so I've traveled, but I've never left to live somewhere else. And so this was like a lot leaving my family, my friends, my church, you know, just everything I knew for something totally different. I think at first I was just so reserved. I was scared and I didn't really know how like they were going to treat me. You know what I mean? You just don't know, like, especially different worlds, different towns, are they going to be welcoming? But, you know, I actually met some of my, like, really good friends there. They were on the staff as well. We still keep in touch. We FaceTime all the time. So, like, even though it was, like, a huge culture shock and kind of overwhelming at times, for sure, it really made me just, like, more grounded in my faith. I had to like really dig deep in my faith and really just like, okay, God, like you brought us out here for a reason. uh, So what is it? (laughs) And so like, I just got super into my faith and my faith got just stronger and stronger just being out there. One, because it's so cold, it gets like negative 40. So you're inside a lot, but the people there, they were welcoming. Um, The school my sons went to, the teachers were awesome. The parents were nice. And so like once I like, okay, bring down your walls, Alicia, everyone is welcoming. So, you know, it's going to be okay. I think I was able to, I guess, survive. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's your first big move. You don't know what to do. You feel like every day you're just kind of trying to survive and make it to the next, especially with the new schedule and all these new things. And so I really uh, was just like, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. I don't know why we're here, but I trust you. And I know that you're going to use this and for our good. And that's basically kind of how I approached the transition. I was just like, there's no other way. You know what I mean? You just kind of have to jump in with complete faith. Yeah, I love all that you have said because I felt the exact same way when Carson called me and told me we were moving to Pullman, Washington. I said, um, what? What is that? <laughs> Where are we? And how close are we to Canada? And so I I remember being so terrified in that moment just because not knowing a soul and completely losing everything that you thought you needed um, to survive, whether it be, you know, close circles of friends or family, and really just um, helped me get back to the root of what I needed to be following and who I needed to be following in my journey. And so I love that you had said that, but I want to know from the move and Montana, when you moved to Montana State after that. That, did you gain that confidence to go on to that next chapter? Like, you're like, I got this. Like, I did this once. Let's do this again. Like, I know I can start over. I would like to say yeah, but, <laughs> but it was kind of just intimidating. You know, I felt like we finally got into a groove in Haver. Even though it's a small town, I was like, we're kind of in a groove. Maybe we should just stay like one more year. 
but we prayed about it. And that's what my husband and I decided like in every move and every offer that we get, we will sit and pray with each other first before we just jump on it. And we prayed about it and we both were just like, I think that this is what we need to do next. And so we didn't even know where we were going to live. So he just moved out here and he stayed with one of the coaches and I'm like frantically like looking for places. And then one of the coaches sent like an email, I think to his church and somebody in his church, like knew someone. And we found this house in this amazing neighborhood, an amazing cul-de-sac. The school is awesome. And so we honestly were blessed because Bozeman is so hard to find a great place, especially at, you know, a reasonable price. And so I was like stressed for a little bit, but then like everything kept getting checked off. You know, I had a list and I was like, okay, Lord, if we're doing this, I need this to happen and this to happen and this. And it was crazy. Like every little thing was just getting checked off one by one. So I was like, okay, Alicia, you need to relax. Like God's taking care of everything. Look at your list. Everything is checked off. Once I did that, then I was just like, okay, let's do it. And the wives here were so welcoming. We immediately connected over social media. That kind of helped me relax because I was like, okay, they're welcoming. There's not a lot of people my age with three kids. You know what I mean? So there's people with kids my age, but not everybody has three or more, you know? And so it's always like, are they going to want to hang out with me? I know I have all these kiddos, but God really just showed up and he really just showed that he was faithful and that he was taking care of everything. And it made me relax and we've been going and going and now we're in remote learning. And (laughs) that's also a crazy craziness in itself, but October, I started worshiping every night. So I always like worship, but October, I was like, 2020 is kind of chaotic and remote learning is also kind of crazy at times. I need to just like do something that calms me and worshiping every night has literally just brought me peace. Like the anxiety of the day, no matter what is going on in the world, it just recharges me, refreshes me. I wake up and I'm ready to go. Like I can just hit it and go like I have my systems. And then at the end of the day, I need to recharge again. That's kind of how I've just been surviving this journey. Because if you guys listen, it hasn't really stopped since we like got together. (laughs) That's so funny. That's awesome though, that you found that one thing though, that kind of grounds you and gets you centered again for the next day. I can't even imagine having three kids in a pandemic where you're virtually teaching them and they're all pretty young ages. So I'm sure there's the shorter attention span and all that. What has that been like? Like, tell us all about your virtual learning because I'm super interested in that. We need some funny, funny stories, (laughs) I think. Okay, so I wake up and to make breakfast easier because when this first started, so last year at the end of the year when quarantine first started, I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm like, yay, they're home. I'll make pancakes every morning and waffles. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, who am I, Martha Stewart? Absolutely not. So I was like, I cannot do this. So I'm like, what can I do? Muffins. And so Costco, you know, they have their cases of muffins and it's like buy two for one. I don't I probably said that wrong, but whatever. And so they love those muffins. So I just go to Costco. I buy two packages. One goes in the fridge and one comes upstairs. 
and they each eat half of one and that made breakfast easy. So while they're eating breakfast, then I'm setting up their work area. So I make sure I have their iPads ready to go. I make sure all they have to do is push join on the meeting. I have their pencils and papers, probably doing way too much, but (laughs) I just like, and just want to make sure that their environment is just calming, peaceful, and it's just ready to go. I play uh, worship music loud. So it just kind of calms everyone. The kids love it. They sing along. And then after they eat, they brush their teeth, they make their beds, put on clothes. And then if they have time, they might play, chase each other around. If not, then they sit down and join the meeting. And I kind of just walk back and forth. So before noon, I sometimes have like 5,000 steps. And then my daughter, she's four. And so she's in pre-K. And so I have like books that I bought for her. She's also in like a school kind of like, you know, so they meet three days a week for like 20 minutes, but she wants to be like the boys. So I'm like, you're really like trying to make me a teacher and I'm just trying to be a mom. (laughs) So she is like, you know, mommy, I want to do schoolwork. So then I have all these different activities that I've created. And then some also her teachers have created as well. So I have her doing those. So I'm just like, bouncing back and forth. And then I also do laundry because on the weekends, no one's doing laundry. So I have, I do it during Monday through Friday. And sometimes like I'll look over and my son is like leaning over in his chair and my other son's upside down. And I'm like, are you guys focusing? Cause I don't think you can see anything underneath the table. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm focusing. It's just some constant reminder of, are you focusing? Did you hear what she said? But five-year-old and a seven-year-old in front of a computer. This is torture, but they're doing awesome. They really love it. They have great teachers that are keeping them engaged. They show up every morning with joy, which is insane, especially teaching first in kindergarten. Like, But sometimes bribery works. I started buying fruit roll-up, which I never do, but you got to do what you got to do. And I'm like, if you focus and you get all your work done during class, then, you know, you can have this. So it's just kind of like each day us figuring out like what is best for them or what they kind of like figuring out what mood they're in. Like if they're tired or they're just over it, then I have to adjust maybe their motivation for the time. Honestly, I called it controlled chaos. (laughs) You are a saint. I literally am like imagining you walking up and down these halls and the kids are like trying so hard to focus. It is hard sitting in a chair and looking at a computer even when, you know, adults are working. So I can't imagine (laughs) that age doing that. But it sounds like you just have this rock star system (laughs) that just works. And I think that that's so great. And I I wonder though, before you had um, your children when you were in college, was there something that you wanted to do that you were so passionate about before you had started this whole coach's journey? Or do you still have that passion? Is there something that you like to do for you? Well, I guess two different things. So before I had kids, I love science. So I really thought I was going to go into the medical field. And after I had my first son, I was like, well, I can still do it. You know, I'll just wait till he's one. Well, I was five months pregnant when he turned one. So I was like, okay, well, I'll wait till the next one is one. Okay, well, I was five months pregnant when he was one. So I was like, okay, clearly I'm jinxing myself and I should stop saying that. So I did really want to go into that. That was kind of my passion, I think, just growing up my whole life. 
But once I had kids, that really became my passion. And, you know, being a stay-at-home mom can be overwhelming. And sometimes you feel like you don't have an identity. There's times where I just felt like I was Jonathan's wife or my kid's mom. You know, I didn't feel like I had an identity. And it was actually in Haver. So even though Haver was small and it was a crazy time of emotions, it really made me recognize who I am. And um, once I realized, okay, my identity is in Christ, then I realized, okay, well, I'm not just Jonathan's wife and I'm not just, you know, my kid's mom, but God created me for a reason. I have a purpose. I have a calling. And during quarantine, even more so, I realized, because I like to be behind the scenes, like this is not something I normally would do. So I've kind of used that as my security blanket of, oh, I'm just Jonathan's wife. So to stay behind the scenes, but I feel like God is like pushing me. I'm Alicia Mosa. That's me. I have my own identity. I'm my own person. I have my own purpose and my own calling. And I've realized that, and it's really given me peace in this career because I think our husbands can kind of drown us out, right? Not like they're trying to, because my husband, he's not that way at all, but like just their career. When people meet you, you know, they don't really care about you until they find out like, oh, you're married to this person. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so sometimes you're like offended, but I realize like God called him to be this. And he also called me to be that. And I need to be strong in who I am and confident in who I am. And I think that is, what I've been doing um, daily. I think daily I'm taking steps to be more confident in who I am and realizing what my purpose is. And I think that's why I started following you guys because I really do just love the Coach's Wives community. I've only been a Coach's Wife for three years, but just to see like even on social media, just how everyone gathers around each other um, when someone's hurting, it's just like this huge family. And I love that because we just understand what we've all gone through, no matter what sport. Our, our community is just pretty strong. So I've realized like I am kind of drawn to that, the coaches' wives. You know what I mean? I feel like I don't know what God has planned, but I really am just like drawn to other coaches' wives and um, hearing their story and encouraging them and letting them know like, hey, you're not alone. I have friends who coaches wives, but then I also have friends who are players wives. And so, you know, our journeys sometimes are similar. And so it's just like good to have each other and encourage each other. And I feel like that's kind of where, you know, I'm drawn to right now is just that community and, you know, just seeing kind of where God leads me. I love that so much. I love the way that you put that perspective too, because I feel like everyone feels that way where their husband or their significant other kind of gets all the the glory and praise of what they're doing. But behind the scenes, you're like, hey, it's me. I'm doing all the things back here. But I think that's awesome that you really realize like you have your own identity. You are your own person. And I can already tell like you you definitely have it figured out. And if you were to go back and tell yourself something now that you've kind of gone on this crazy journey from a player's wife to a coach's wife, what would you tell yourself at the beginning of this journey? That's a good question because I've thought about that a lot. I'm not going to lie. Even though I'm only, you know, three years in, I've really thought about the year one and how I was in Haver and how I was guarded at first. And because you're nervous to meet new people and you're nervous, especially with small children, 
you just like trying to be mom bear and protect them. And you know, you're like no new friends, you know what I mean? But now I'm just like, I want to just encourage people, you know, you have to just jump in, make a community, let people help you, which I need to listen to that too, because I don't let anyone help me. Like, I'm like, no, I got it. And then I'm like, babe, I don't know what's going on. Find you, find what gives you peace, what brings you joy um, in the midst of chaos, because football is always chaos. Like it's great chaos or it's just chaos, but it's always chaos. And so find what brings you peace in the midst of your chaos. And I think that that will get you through. And that's what I would tell myself. Dive in and just trust God that he's got you. Yeah, these are all wonderful words of wisdom. And Brittany and I have definitely soaked in everything that you have said because finding peace is something that I think is not overrated at all in that it needs to be um, said and done more and more at each stop that you go to. But we have enjoyed having you on our podcast and are so thankful that you found us. We don't know how. We tried to like track back of how you found (laughs) us, but we are so glad you did. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. You know, I am so honored. Um, You know, sometimes just being a QC wife, you know, you're kind of behind the scenes. So you don't think that you should be out, you know, talking, but you know, I realized we need a voice too. And I was so glad to find out that you guys are also QC significant others, just because I honestly didn't even know what that was. So it's just nice to hear other people's experiences. And it just brought me joy to find your guys's podcast in your page because I felt like I could just relate. I felt like I was seen. And so I'm honored that you guys asked me. And um, I do just want to leave with this verse that I live by. It's Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And I feel like that is the coach's life. You know, like sometimes we feel like this is a huge disaster. Like, what are we doing right now? But you know what? God always has a better plan for us. And if we just continue to trust him and walk by faith that we will see like, okay, it was all for something great, something amazing. And that he was just preparing us and developing us in those hard times. But at the end, he was bringing us to, you know, our pot of gold. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was perfect. Great way to end it. Yes. (laughs) And thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on More Than a Season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season underscore Women's Guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.